We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay. With me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, another eventful day in Nets world. Nick, you and I were preparing to do a big, big final trade deadline podcast. I got an, like so many great responses in my replies on Twitter. And instead, we have part two to the Kyrie Irving trade request. How wonderful. Yeah, I mean, really disappointing. Like you said, big appreciation to everybody who sent in those mock trades. Obviously, those are irrelevant right now. So we're going to jump into this Kyrie Irving trade request that came out of nowhere. You know, obviously, we had the hiccups and the little crumbs about the extension talk about a week ago. But this upended the nets, you know, quoted from Woj. It surprised Kevin Durant and all of that. But Jack, where do you want to start? What was your reaction to everything when you woke up this morning? Yeah, when I woke up this morning, it's been a big week for me, just, you know, work-wise, career-wise and stuff. So I've been pretty exhausted. So waking up to this is just putting another level of mental exhaustion on me because this is like our, our side hustle and we love doing it. And to be honest, I, I'm enjoying doing this. And even in the, the utter chaos, I always enjoy it because I get to do it with you, Nick. But I was just shocked. You know, I was, I'm, I'm next to my girlfriend and she's like, she hears my reaction. She's like, has Kyrie done it again? And I'm like, yep. And she's like, her reaction was probably just as as good as his. Like Kyrie Irving, she goes on this massive rant and it was sort of feeling what my feelings were. But then also I've like external feelings about the organization as a whole but Kyrie Irving is you know you, you might as well change the spelling of chaos to k-h-a-o-s for when it comes to Kyrie Irving because man he's just chaos personified when it comes to whatever organization is with but I, it, I, I, I I'm I'm here I'm somewhat you know processed process at all I've been awake for like an hour or so Nick you've been awake for much longer than I have so you've processed a lot I woke up to like 14 notifications as well and you know when you just like wanted to just go okay well I, I, I tweet decked a couple of tweets some of them are actually relevant which was kind of funny but um again I'm incoherent in my thoughts right now provide some coherence for me in your reaction to this absolute shit show that is Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets yeah, I mean, just like the Nets and Kevin Durant, I was surprised. The Nets have been playing great basketball. Kyrie's been playing some of his best basketball in a Nets uniform in his career. 
And obviously we knew there was always a possibility of something like this happening when they didn't really come to a solution over the offseason. It was kind of like, let's play it out, see how we are at the end of the year. So in my eyes, I kind of always anticipated them having this moment, you know, in June or July, not in February 3rd, you know, six days before the trade deadline and the team in really good position to potentially compete for a championship, especially if they're able to make a move or two at the deadline. So I think the timing is just what caught me so off guard and surprised me and makes it so frustrating because this is now a situation where you're on the clock. Can you find a piece to bring back in to make Kevin Durant happy and think that he can win a championship? Or is this the end of it all? And it just feels like nothing can just be consistently good in Brooklyn. There's always some catch at the end. I think that's what happens when you get Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and to a lesser extent, Kevin Durant. I think Kevin, a lot of people are saying, well, there have been three trade requests. Is it on Sean Marks? Is it on Joe Sy? I think, yes, to some extent, but you look at those situations individually. Kyrie Irving's is you know, for his sort of circumstances because of a want and desire to get paid. Fair enough. You know, you're in the, the twilight of your career. James Harden's is a little bit more nuanced. I think his is slightly more valid. The way the nature of it was, you know, having some time removed was still awful. And I think Kevin Durant's was the most valid. You know, he asked for Steve Nash to be fired. Steve Nash is fired. He asked for Sean Marks to be fired. Sean Marks is still there, but he's on the hot seat. And I believe that even if other people don't. So I think you deal with those things individually. And yes, there are problems, not just with Kyrie Irving, but with Sean Marks, but with Joe Sy. But this is going to be a Kyrie Irving, probably Joe Sy related sort of episode. And I think that, you know, the, the news is, Nick, that apparently Sham said that this is over a disagreement on guarantees on the last year of the deal. We also got reporting from Chris Haynes, you alluded to to me, off-wax, about possible stipulations around, you know, incentives around championships, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, this trade request is coming from a fighting over the nuances of this deal. And, you know, Kyrie Irving wants a four-year, $198 million extension. I've said when the we got the Kyrie Irving leak from Chris Haynes and his agents, that they should just tie his deal to to Kevin Durant. So I don't think Kyrie Irving necessarily wants that. I think there has to be some sort of middle ground. I don't know if we achieve that in four days by the time this podcast out. It's probably three days. But I, I think both of these guys are the living embodiment of the Diddy, like America's Got Talent meme, where like it's just the guy looking and the other guy sort of smirking, the other guy looking, and it's just like, come on, man, like, let's we got to figure this shit out. And I don't. Kyrie Irving now has more suitors because of how well he has played since returning after an insane controversy he created himself as well. So there are suitors, Lakers, Suns, Mavericks, probably the Heat. Those, those three were reported by Sham Sarania. There's probably the Heat. There's probably, you know, you could throw in uh, two or three other teams that are probably ones to him as well. But those three have been reported. Nick, in terms of where you stand in terms of the negotiations, Kyrie Irving's handling of this in terms of reporting and leaks to the media, Joe side, the woe sham sort of thing. Where are you sort of feeling? Where are you standing right now? Yeah, I mean, I think overall as a Nets fan, it's just frustrating. The whole situation, I think there's blame to go around to everyone, obviously the front office and ownership. But I think the thing where it's the most like blame on Kyrie is the timing of it all, because 
it's kind of like he expected the Nets to forget everything that's happened over the course of this season. The and last Nick, I don't want to butt in because it does it, it frustrates me because two or three weeks ago, Kyrie Irving was like, we don't have guys that are half in, in the locker room yep. anymore. My guy, look in the goddamn mirror. Look to your own word three weeks ago. Look, it, that, that's the frustrating thing. Now, I'm not saying that I'm only frustrated at Kyrie Irving, but I'm frustrated at Kyrie Irving for what he said less than a freaking month ago about how, you know, things are all good. You know, Kyrie clacks, you know, they're, they're leading the team in the absence of Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin Durant, he's my best friend after a post-game presser. Like, th- this is all, like, I-, I don't blame Kyrie for doing what he's doing if, if this is gets him what he wants in terms of a four-year extension with one of the rumored teams, Lakers, Suns, or Mavericks. Which but doesn't the, actually seem likely either, though. <laughs> no, because Brian Windhorst also reported that obviously the Lakers have had an intense amount of interest. We reported and talked about that in our off-season pods. But the, he also said that they're not, and I quote, they're not so sure about trading for him and giving him a $200 million contract at season's end. So this could be another game of chicken, another game of bluffing that leads to, and then we saw like, you know, the Dallas Mavericks arresting so many guys and is something happening there? I don't necessarily think so because I think Luke is also being rested, but, and and the Suns are obviously with Chris Paul. Are they going to go Kyrie Booker? And then, you know, maybe KD? I don't know. It's it's just all hard to process. I apologize for interrupting. No, you're good, Jack. I think it's just, like you said, it's a lot to process. I think that's where the frustration, though, with Kyrie is the lack of accountability. And then also the reports over the summer where, you know, Kyrie's going to play out this contract, see where it leads in the offseason. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he played really good basketball and carried the team for a stretch. And now he wants that extension now. And now he's not getting that extension he wants. And he's, you know, demanding a trade. And it looks like, you know, reports are stating that he's not looking to come back to Brooklyn. He's moving on regardless. So, you know, whatever happened in that contract or ever how he feels, it feels like, in my opinion, that it's an emotional decision. You know, something the Nets did upset him and now he feels like he can't play here anymore. Obviously, Kyrie has been, you know, emotional in the past and it's not super surprising that something sporadic happened from him. Again, it's just really frustrating given where the Nets are at and all the guys and the work they've put in the season to be where they're at and the potential, as I mentioned, of a championship this year. And now, that all kind of being for nothing, especially if the Nets aren't able to rebound with some players that keep them in contention. Yeah, I'm also a bit angry at myself that I didn't somewhat see this coming after that little leak and the the fact that we weren't we weren't dismissive of it, over it. We did discuss it and we sort of were like, well, are we going to give it in season? Would we, would we divert it to the off season? Because this was clearly like a, a leverage play. And, you know, to go to Joe Sy, okay, cool. And he did that literally before the Sixers game, like literally on national sort of TV. So to get the eyes on it, to get the reporters on it, it's going to be heard by, you know, plenty of people not, and to sort of try and tie the narrative more positively to, to him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In, in saying that, Nick, you know, Joe Sy and Kyrie Irving have had a very frosty relationship from what we know since the the whole vac- the, the refusal to get vaccinated. You know, uh, Joe Sy's partners had to, so Clara has had to sort of get involved and sort of be a mediator of sort to, to get things moving forward. But I've seen a lot of people sort of thankfully process this a bit faster for me in, in their sanity. And this is via Will Jackson. There's like he sort of says that there's three options, and there might be more. Nick, you might have a couple extra ones, but this is there's one. You don't trade Kyrie. You let him walk. You put all your eggs in the basket about this season, and who cares about the future? Two, you trade Kyrie for whatever the package is, and we might discuss a few packages. We might discuss a few packages on on future pods. It depends on how much time we have. And you try and get maybe some win now pieces: Chris Paul, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, whatever. And then three. You do the whole kerfuffle. You trade Kyrie and Katie and you blow it up. It's as simple as that. The Nets are now being led by Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. And I don't know how much longer the Brooklyn buzz will last. But in saying that, Nick, there's those three options. Do you agree with those three options that those are the ones that are available? And which one would you choose? Yeah, I would probably say there's one more option on there. It would be just like you trade Kyrie and then you trade Kevin Durant in the offseason because you don't want to, you know, push yourself to make a decision or, you know, accept the trade packages that fast. I think the first one is tough because there's reports from both sides kind of saying that they can't envision Kyrie being back with the Nets the rest of the season. So that just and then there's always the case that maybe he just quits on the year or he's dealing with a nagging injury, you know, later in the season. And now he's not wanting to play in the postseason or something like that. So I think having an upset player, especially when it's publicly upset two times in the last year, it's really hard to kind of envision them coming back and this team being successful. So that's how I look at option one. You know, number two, I think for most fans is probably what they want, you know, Keep Kevin Durant, you know, the best player in franchise history. Find a way to get some level of value and get really creative at the deadline and create some level of championship team because you still have one of the best players in basketball and also one of the best defensive players in basketball on Nick Claxton. So I think that's another area to look. And then the third one, the complete blow it up would be if you get offered some amazing deals, you have to consider it. Yeah, the deals that we discussed plenty in the offseason, whether it's from you know the Pelicans, whether it's Brandon Ingram, the Boston Celtics, which are definitely not going to do Jalen Brown anymore. So I think that there's there's all those worth discussing. Probably not when it comes to Kevin Durant. We'll, we'll focus on the sort of Kyrie Irving stuff. In terms of the packages that you have seen out there, Nick, I've got a couple in my notes um, right now that you sent to me, and I've just been perusing Twitter a little bit. You know, We reported the teams via Shams that are interested, Lakers, Suns, Mavericks. Let's discount the Lakers because there is no way in hell I want Russell Westbrook on my team as much as I have respect for him and he is an absolute legend. If the Nets were to get Russell Westbrook on our team and we have Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons leading the team, you might as well call us the Brooklyn Bricks rather than the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets. Uh, but in, in saying that, what packages have intrigued you? Oh, I think the Lakers package, what makes it a tr- intriguing would be what teams 
are yeah what are what teams are intrigued by an expiring Westbrook and two first round picks like that's still something and then if you tossed in another Nets first round pick now you're potentially really able to acquire something that could you know keep you so keep you in contention so I think that's where the creativity for Sean Marks kind of has to take that next step I think out of the teams mentioned in the direct offers they can send you know the Lakers like you mentioned Russ Westbrook expiring not good Dallas doesn't really have anything good that you can envision keeping the Nets in contention I think the Suns are the the team that's probably capable of sending something that can keep the Nets in contention and maybe even give them a draft pick you know they have a lot to work with the they're having a new owner come in you know Devin Booker's really good they can still try to make a splash Kyrie could fit in over there so I think the Suns out of those three teams would be intriguing and obviously a deal would be built around Chris Paul who is aging but at the same time is a competitor probably has the respect of Kevin Durant it's a question of what else would the Suns be able to add or how many picks would they be willing to include in which the Nets maybe could send somewhere else to acquire another quality role player yeah look I'd love to get Bridges somehow in that deal I think Crowder would likely be in it I think yep. that, and look Jay Crowder would be a, a nice add to to the rotation but yeah it's hard to sort of I think the Suns would be the, the package that you want in return but I've seen a lot of p- other people come up with like three team scenarios yep. where you sort of get you know the, the 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 Raptors involved and and people are talking about you know, this is a three trade deal from Alex Sturm who uh, works for Nets Daily he has the Nets acquiring Chris Paul, OG Ananobi, and Cam Johnson. The Suns acquiring Kyrie Irving and Malachi Flynn. And the Raptors getting Jay Crowder and Seth Curry, as well as a, a couple of firsts, three firsts, I think, in in that package. Now, three-team deals are obviously a lot harder to sort of analyze and, and, and sort of surmise because it's like uh, which team says no, which team says yes. But obviously, I think the Nets might even be the winner out of that deal in, in a lot of ways because they would be a much better team. They have three quality rotation players above average, if not fringe sort of all-starry, you know, all defensive sort of players. But yeah, we could talk packages for days, Nick. And, and and maybe we do that on tomorrow's spot after we do the Wizards game or something. I don't know. But it's a part of me is sort of like, does Joe Sy call the bluff? You know, th- this sort of just really makes me think back to, you know, James Harden, the Ben Simmons trade, you know, where we are now with Ben Simmons getting an MRI, it being clean, it seems like they're just like, okay, okay, if you think your knee is so sore, my guy, go get it checked out. So in in saying that, and you know, obviously the Nets without out Ben Simmons and James Harden, you know, a snubbed all a snubbed all star. Do I think playing chicken with Kyrie would work a little bit better than James Harden? I think James Harden's value and gravitas around the league is a bit higher than Kyrie Irving's because. What's Kyrie Irving? It's been like 12 to 15 games we've had without Kevin Durant. And yeah, he's been pretty bloody good for 90, 85% of those games. But you're also going in on, you know, the, you look at the Suns, you look at the Lakers, you look at the Mavs. All those teams have some semblance of reason to go all in on Kyrie Irving. But they also need to look back at the past and go, look at what happened in Boston. Look at what happened in Brooklyn. Do we want to be part of the Kyrie Irving, you know, future, his final contract? We're doing it. You know, this is we're, we're signed, still delivered with Booker and Irving, with you know Luca and Irving, with your know, LeBron, AD and Irving. I think the Lakers might be a bit more so, but hearing that cautiousness is actually uh, quite interesting. But yeah, where do you sort of stand uh, with the other team from the other team side of things? Well, I think that's a great point, Jack, because you look at the summer, you know, look at the trade request and him looking to find a sign and trade or a trade partner and there really wasn't anything out there or any offers that he really liked in terms of contract extension or contract offer. And really, it could come down to the same thing. 
And now Kyrie put himself in a situation where, let's say the Nets had a super successful season. They might change their mind on that extension come you know June and July rather than keep this one out there. But now he probably burned that bridge. And I think that he's overvaluing his market because it just doesn't seem like any team is going to be willing to commit to him long term. Like if the Lakers aren't willing to commit to him long term, what other team is really going to be willing to commit to him long term? You know, especially considering they have limited assets and they had an option to trade for him this year. And even that was up in discussion. Like who's going to offer him this four year contract? And and that's what caused Kyrie to opt in for the one year. Yep. Yeah, the, the, the Nets called his bluff. That's why a part of me is thinking that it could happen again because, you know, in over the span of four days to create a package that appeases however many parties, one, two, or three teams, it's going to be pretty bloody difficult. Like, we had a whole off-season of this where Nick and I did about 20 different podcasts on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's requests, and we got to the point where it's just like, all right, we're back to it. So four days, look, maybe. It happened with James Harden, and it got solved there. But the the odds are, Nick, you know, a lot of betting agency. The Lakers certainly seem the favorite. The Mavs, the Clippers, who we haven't discussed, and a package around them would probably have to be a third team because I don't really care about Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, and a couple of other guys. But the Suns, obviously, just behind that. The Heat, who always get involved when it comes to star hunting. And then a, a bit of a drop-off to the Utah Jazz, who have a heap of assets and have been going pretty well themselves. So, look, we can discuss deadlines and, and, and everything around it you know, in terms of that. But what are you sort of... What are, you, what are other thoughts around this Kyrie Irving sort of stuff, Nick? Yeah, obviously, again, the main thought right now is frustration and just kind of being annoyed with the team because it was playing so well and there was potential success. And then it comes down to uh, an argument that's already been taking place over the summer. So getting to that is just, again, really frustrating. But I think, you know, rebounding and probably realizing that I personally don't think Kyrie's going to be on the team past the trade deadline. I think this bridge is burned. I think the Nets at this point are probably over him and all of the extra baggage that has come along, you know, from the first season he was here into this, this point in this year. So I'm looking at what do the Nets need to do to replace him on this roster? And obviously you're not going to find a player of his caliber, but can you find other ways to improve this team and have a realistic chance to compete this year? You know, could you become an elite defensive team? Could you add maybe another score that's, you know, a tier two below Kyrie Irving that could really have an impact? Are you going all in with your other first round picks and trying to make those other additions in addition to this Kyrie Irving trade, I think that's where I'm really focused on right now is the future of the Nets and what they're going to look to do in the next couple of days. And if that's going to be enough to keep Kevin Durant happy and preventing him from requesting a trade, you know, before the deadline or the summer. Yeah, where Kevin Durant's ties lie now, obviously the friendship with him and Kyrie Irving is incredibly strong. And I think part of his trade request was because of the Kyrie Irving stuff. Now with this, if Kyrie Irving has gone rogue, Maybe KD is is aligning himself more to okay. Well, the Nets have been you know, decent enough to me the the past sort of forty fifty sort of games. They've made a couple of trades. They've signed a couple of guys. They've fired the guy that I don't want there, and he's signed to the team semi long term. You know, we gave him a, 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 that sort of deal. But I and if you recoup, I think that if you're Sean Marsh and you're Joe Sy, you're on the phone to KD and you're going, all right, what do you want to do? What do you think is the best route here? Can you change your guys' minds? You know, I, I think that. By acquiring KD and Kyrie in the first place, you are tied to them and tied to Kevin Durant and owe him the best chance at getting a championship if he has 
any desire. If he has 5% desire and he's just like, look, I'm unsure. I kind of want to stay, but I'm more leaning towards going. And it's your Sean Marks. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I will do absolutely anything and everything. You want me to fire this guy? You want me to hire that guy? I'm doing it because as you alluded to, Nick, Kevin Durant is an historic player, not just like the best, you know, the Nets have ever had. One of the best the NBA has ever goddamn had. And look, he's had his issues with Brooklyn and the trade request might not have been handled totally smoothly. But I think we've sort of seen in the absence of KD and Kyrie what the team would look like. And I would much rather cover and discuss a team where I get to watch Kevin Durant night after night put up buckets with the absolute disrespect and talent and otherworldly God gifts that he does have. So I think whatever KD does and you're sure Marks and your Joe site, you do that. And if he's like, his foot is completely out the door, then you need to acquire all the assets that you can to make this team somewhat competitive because there's those Houston Rockets picks that are going to be going their way over the next five to seven years or whatever, uh, however long it is now. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Jack. You really need to communicate with KD. And like you said, if he wants to stay even a little a bit, you ask him who he needs to, who the Nets need to acquire, what moves need to be made, what positions he thinks needs to be upgraded on the team, whatever it is, you try to figure that out. And also just came across a tweet on Twitter at Fear the Brown. It says, there's a limit to how much of a salary can be tied to an unlikely incentive, and I highly doubt the Nets maxed out to 15% they're allowed to. Plenty of players have championship bonuses in their deals. All-Stars, Drew Holiday had one. I doubt this was the deal breaker. And that's in response to the Chris Haynes report that the 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 breaking point was the incentive about a championship. So, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, again, you and I both off wax didn't think that was really the reason. And in my opinion, it seems like the reason was Kyrie was disrespected by the Nets in his opinion by the offer that they presented to him, even though I think the Nets offer was reasonable, especially with the fourth year being not fully guaranteed. And that fourth year would be Kevin Durant not on the team. So that would give the Nets the option to pivot and not him have him as a solo star. And again, there's been plenty of issues for him over the course of the last couple of seasons. It's not like we're talking about a clean script or somebody who's dealing with an injury. It's been a lot of self-inflicted stuff. And um, we, I'm sure we could pull up the numbers for games played in, or the amount of games he's played and the amount of games the Nets have had. It's a s- small percentage. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll have a look at it. Try and, maybe you try and fight why I have a bit of discussion around the, the teams that we were reporting. And Woj and Haynes both reported this about the Suns being the most realistic as of this point. This is from, I can't remember, I don't know if it's from Woj or Haynes directly, so I, I apologize. But this is the quote. Uh, around the teams we discussed. The Suns have an ambitious new owner, Matt Ishbia, who is about to be approved in the coming days and a roster that could offer Brooklyn the best scenario for a combination of players and picks and a, in a potential deal. The Lakers, LeBron, the Lakers, LeBron James has been advo- an advocate of reuniting with Irving on the Lakers and it's unclear if the Lakers would make available the 27 and 29 first round picks in a potential trade, as Nick alluded to a little bit earlier. Dallas's general manager, Nico Harrison, has a long-standing relationship with Irving from his days as a Nike executive. Kyrie Irving, no longer with Nike, by the way. And coach Jason Kidd also has had a relationship with Irving. Well, Steve Nash also had a relationship with Kyrie Irving as well. And we look where that took us. But in, <laughs> in saying that, I guess maybe by tomorrow when we, we get we get a, a Woj bomb, a Shams bomb, and we're discussing a Suns trade. But did you sort of find the the amount of games that Kyrie Irving has played since being a Brooklyn Net? And we could do it just regular season-wise because yeah. postseason he seems to have been decent. But, you know, that Celtics series, it was essentially game one and a little bit of the rest of the series. And he was pretty trash, to be honest. Yeah, so, I mean, we could start his first season in Brooklyn, played 20 out of 82 games. 
um, had the shoulder impingement. Um, there was a, a big cloud around that in terms of what the injury was. The next season, I believe it was 54 out of 72. It was a shortened season because of the bubble and the COVID and all of that. And that was the season he missed time due to needing a leave of absence and whatever, you know, some of that was tied to the birth of his child, but also some of that was tied to him just quote unquote, needing a break from the team. And last season, obviously played 29 of 82 games due to the vaccine issue. And this year was suspended for a couple games early in the year for the anti-Semitic post. So every yeah. year there is some amount of time missed and majority of it has been self-inflicted other than his first season, which was due to injury. Exactly. So look, you can be, I think one thing that Nick and I always try to do is be as objective as possible, but also bring our perspective personally and bring our opinions personally. I love what Kyrie Irving brings on the court. He is a supremely talented player. And every time I see him play, I'm like, man, this guy in the black and white, it's it's pretty bloody cool. And we always say Kyrie masterclasses. I post like a highlight every freaking game from from what he does. But there is also the things beyond. And the things beyond, Kyrie Irving has been one of the most philanthropic, you know, empathetic superstars we've ever had. He's donated so much money to so many great causes, but he's also done so many other things. It's the enigma of Kyrie Irving. We could do a, a two-hour podcast on if you guys, you guys gave us the research and time to sort of go back to his Boston Celtics days or even the start of his Nets days. And, you know, sort of, it's it's so hard to sort of sum him up. And I think that, we can you can both love and hate him at the same time and that's fine like i don't think that you have to be one way or another you don't have to be a Kyrie Irving stand you don't have to be just like a, a front office stand you can be somewhere in between nuance is okay ladies and gentlemen and i think nick and i both have that i think both of us can be rational and irrational but you know that's the nature of the game that's the nature of the game as a nets podcast and i, I think it's hard to be you know, an objective Zach Lowe or whatever. We're fans and we're going to get in our emotions sometimes. So apologies if we do go a bit over the top. And I know that I go a bit OTT sometimes, but <laughs> I get very, very frustrated at, because I will, even beyond this, Nick, beyond Kyrie Irving, beyond Kevin Durant, Nick and I are probably going to be recording this podcast in three, four, five years' time. And, and maybe the Nets uh, with Ben Simmons, maybe they're led by Cam Thomas or whatever. The Nets will go on and we will follow them. But right now, it feels so frustrating because this is the biggest what-if era maybe in the history of the NBA. The only other team that comes to mind, Nick, and I'm speaking off riff a little bit, is the OKC Thunder when they had KD, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, two of the guys that the Nets have had or have or have right now. So it have had, sorry. And it's just, that's what makes it even more freaking frustrating is because Things could have gone so well. You know, James Harden doesn't get an injury. Kyrie Irving doesn't get an injury in the postseason. Kevin Durant somehow nearly leads us to, you know, a, a finals berth. You know, Kevin Durant doesn't get injured. You know, maybe this year, maybe Kyrie Irving doesn't do his trade yeah. request. Maybe James Harden doesn't do his trade request. It's just like the the amount of doors and the amount of multiverses, you could do an entire new Marvel series. Just go like the Nets multiverse and it would have so many different plot lines. It'd be more complicated than... Loki and uh, you know Severance and Deer Hunter combined. Yeah, I mean it is, and I think getting back to your first point, Jack, about you know being emotional. I think at the end of the day, um, too, we're just fans of the team. You know, we're not 
connected to any specific player. Obviously, we really like Kevin Durant because he's one of the greatest of all time. But at the end of the day, we'll be following this Nets team for a long time, for the rest of our time. And we just want them to be successful. And I think, again, there's frustration with Kyrie. There's also frustration with the front office and ownership as well. But like you said, Jack, it's it's tough out here. And this what if is is painful. I think you could even go back further. You know, what happens if the Nets didn't trade for James Harden? They traded for somebody else. What happens if they pulled the trigger on a Drew Holiday trade the offseason before James Harden? You know, all these different options could have led to potential championship or championships. And that's what is so frustrating is because we've just gotten a tease and a taste of what this team could potentially be over the last couple of years. And we've never got to see it play out to fruition and actually compete at the highest of level and be like, you know what? They played their best, but they weren't good enough. That's really never been the case. They've never been at their best when they're in these postseason situations. So, and, and it seems like obviously this year, that's not going to be the case again, because even if they do, you know, pivot from Kyrie Irving and they're able to acquire some really good players, it's incredibly difficult to create a championship team in four months. Yeah, it really is. But with how wide open the, the yeah. championship race is right now, maybe, this is the year that it could happen and, and it would probably provide more stability than what the Nets have had, you know, in over the past 12 to 18 months anyway. But I, I, I thought just popped into my mind, Nick, around, you know, Kevin Durant and, you know, he has great boardroom content and I'll, I love it when he does the quick hitters and he just gets asked the questions and he's like, you know, what's your favorite thing beyond basketball? Is that video games or whatever? And he's like, who do you text the most? And he's like, the, the Nets group chat. And I'm like, Man, I wonder what's going on in the Nets group chat right now. And, and the fact that Kevin Durant still says that after everything that was happening in the offseason, like you know, he's texting Royce O'Neal, Joe, and, and whoever else, and Ben, maybe, maybe Ben's left it after. Oh, who knows what the, what the hell is going on? But that thing would probably be going crazy. And, you know, because Kyrie Irving has had such great support from his teammates. You know, he's been you know, heralded by every single team that he's been on. You know, he's always hugging guys after games, no matter who it is. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, you know, the guys love him. The, and maybe, you know, who knows what's going to go on tomorrow in this Washington Wizards game that we'll be recapping. And maybe half the game, half the podcast will be discussing this sort of thing. Um, uh, yet again, but it's just it's just an interesting sort of thing. I just can't help but keep going back to KD because KD, you know, his choice to sort of come to Brooklyn was you know, to align with Kyrie Irving, and you know, I, I think Kevin Durant deserves another championship on his resume, and I, I really hope it is in Brooklyn. But I also don't. I, I've always said I don't blame Kevin Durant if he wants to go elsewhere because he deserves to get that external validation of a championship because I don't think it was as fulfilling for him in Golden State whereas I think he's in a decent state now where it's just like he's just hooping he's loving life you know as a guy in New York and and such but what you sort of said around you know why this sort of happened Nick Shams Saranio and a lot of the reporting he did say was this goes deeper than just the contract for Kyrie yeah. and the Nets so this has clearly been bubbling away you know that little Chris Haynes report as we alluded to you know maybe a week ago or something like that it's th this is this goes beyond you know, the, the the contract negotiations, it, it certainly seems. Yeah, I think the relationship has been damaged, you know, since the whole vaccine thing. You know, there was plenty of reporting, you know, probably some of it coming right from Joe's side, talking about the frustration with Kyrie. Obviously, they had him stay away from the team and not even playing road games when he wasn't allowed to play in Brooklyn. So there's been tension in this relationship. It seemed like it was getting to a better place this season based off of some interactions we've seen. But at the end of the day, it wasn't there. And I think in some ways, as much as it's frustrating with the timing of the trade request, there is a positive of the sense of, well, at least maybe the Nets can get something for Kyrie Irving with his value is pretty high, at least from a basketball perspective. 
Yeah, he look, and I think that the number one thing is from Chris Haynes, who did the initial reporting. We always say this, and we said this a lot in the offseason about who's reporting, you know, and the the reports about you know um, Kevin Durant being re- surprised came from Woj. And in that sense, do you think Woj got it from Rich Kleiman? That's where I sort of think you try and put two and two together, guys. When a lot of these reports do come out, you know, Shams is reporting a lot. He's reported a lot around Kyrie Irving individually in general. Like when there was the bubble, and we heard like direct quotes from Kyrie Irving, like. Shams was the one that was reporting them. So yep. again, look who it is reporting because I think some of that does matter. It's not the be all and end all, but the last line of the tweet that you're alluding to, Nick, told the issue was not about money, and now it said he wouldn't even stay if offered a full max contract. That to me speaks of a guy who's like way too in his feelings. Like it's it's Drake on like take care or Drake on views or Drake on every single. Like I said, it, that he- it was an emotional decision to request a trade at this point in the season. Do you, and, and, and I think that that, like when you're talking about business, because this is what contract negotiations are in any sort of business, business in general, taking you, you need to somewhat take the emotion out of it. And maybe basketball in the NBA is a completely different kettle of fish. And I have obviously no idea the inner workings of contract machinations, but to me, I've always been a Kyrie fan in terms of what he does on the court, but what he, the, the way, you know, if we're picking sides here and I'm not totally picking the side of the Nets organization because I have so many misgivings with Sean Marks and Joe Sy. And if you disagree with that, just scroll through the timeline <laughs> long enough, you'll find something there. It wouldn't but even take long today. <laughs> it would not take long. I think I did literally tweeted one like last night. I had one in, in the drafts, but yeah, it's, just to put it all in perspective, in 13 months, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden have all requested trades from the Brooklyn Nets. It just feels like the Nets are cursed, Nick. It really does. And I mean, that is disappointing as well. You know, you have these three great players and you know, obviously all have some level of issue, Kevin Durant having the least level of issue. But it's it's just like you saw the vision when they had these three guys and the potential of winning a championship. And now that's not not the case. And again, there's blame to go around to everyone for why it got to this point. But this particular situation happening at this moment in time is obviously a large chunk going to Kyrie because this is his decision to request a trade and not wait out the rest of the season. So it's, again, just the highest level of frustration because of what could have been with this team. But I guess, Jack, is there something like what are you looking for if the nets were to make a trade obviously we don't have to get into specific players but like if the nets were to rebound for this and let's say have a chance at a championship is there a guy you're looking at a skill set you're thinking the nets need to add what what would be the most important thing in a Kyrie Irving return or a trade deadline packages yeah i think that in in return you need to get a guy that is somewhat superstar-ish or at the very least high level shot creator or like elite skill and i think you know, when we're talking about the three teams, Chris Paul seems to be that guy. And yes, he is fading. And he's had a decent run of late, thankfully, bounced back a little bit. I think he would probably be the best one play you could get in return. I prefer Chris Paul over Russell Westbrook or anyone on Dallas, Tim Hardaway Jr. What, Spencer Dinwiddie returning to Brooklyn? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's probably the thing that makes the most sense to me. But I also would like high-level sort of role players and some picks to sort of just sort of give you the cover like tick all the boxes like if you know Kevin Durant were to go in the offseason okay we well got a couple of firsts from Phoenix you got a couple of firsts from Los Angeles you got a couple of firsts from from Dallas and that allows you to go okay well we might be giving it a, a heap of our first to Houston in the future but we've got a couple of these ones and they may not might not be as juicy but we at least have assets so I think for sure Marks 
And actually, as, as, as many bad things I've said about Sean Marks and as many great memes that have been out there uh, about him, you know, last time he did a superstar trade, it got us Ben Simmons and, and Seth Curry <laughs> in return. So I don't necessarily have the highest of hopes. He's done a lot of great things in acquiring Kevin Rand and Curry in the, in the first place. The lower level, level deals in TJ Warren, Yusuf Watanabe, Edmund Sumner, Joe Harris, you know, rebounding into, you know, a, a $20 million player. But yeah, that's probably what sticks out to me, Nick. And are you on the same sort of, you know, train of thought? Yeah, I'll touch the Sean Marks part first. I think the better thing about this situation that hopefully allows for a better trade is it's not just one team. You know, Harden was very locked in on going to the Sixers, and obviously they had limited assets, and there was a, a, a clock on that. There's a clock on this. I think you're right, Jack. I think that's a really an offer you look at. You need someone who can handle the basketball, you know, score some baskets for you. And I think with Chris Paul, he does raise the ceiling of other players. But I think also you could look at somebody maybe who would be – you know, someone that could pick up a lot of that scoring production and hit a lot of tough shots. And I think that's where you'd have to get creative. And maybe that's a trade with the Lakers and you're able to send a pick for like Zach Levine or something like that. I think Levine would be a guy that's interesting. He's been brought up on Nets Twitter, has a relationship with Kevin Durant, you know, unhappy with the Bulls, can put enough, put up enough points. His health is definitely a concern, but he's a tough shot maker. And I think as much as the Nets have improved offensively and have some good components of this team, the reason they've been so successful this year is the shot making of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And again, Zach Levine is not Kyrie Irving, but he does have a knack for making tough shots. So that's somebody that has my intrigue just for someone who can replicate some of the production of Kyrie. But again, that would not be the only move. That would just be an idea of an addition to make up for the loss. Yeah, and I've seen some reports and or not reports, just some trade proposals from from pretty smart people on Nets Twitter about you know Zach Levine and you know we've sort of been talking about you know Zach Levine for Ben Simmons is a sort of bit of a pipe dream behind the scenes, but that seems incredibly unlikely. It's it's just so weird that Ben Simmons is going to be the guy that's probably going to be leading the Nets in the future, and like I don't know how many games Ben Simmons is going to play this season, let alone in over the next three four years of his contract. So honestly, I don't even know if that's the case anymore because I think that there's a level of frustration, and this is funny because this is getting you know pushed under the rug. It's like I think there's a level of frustration with Ben Simmons from the Nets. You know, we've heard it in Jock Vaughn's pressers. We've saw today the reporting that the MRI was clean on Ben Simmons' knee. Like the Nets didn't have to report that it was clean. Like they could have just left it out that he has knee soreness. Like they're like, hey man, we want to see if something's actually wrong with you and what's going on with that knee. And it seems like, is there nothing? I'm not sure. I'm not gonna question his health, but again, his desire to play basketball is potentially a problem so i wouldn't be surprised if the nets are done with him you know in the offseason i think if Kyrie didn't demand this trade there was a real possibility they'd look at trades to move him this this deadline yeah the negative is that the nets are an absolute disaster shit show they are <laughs> cursed everything else in between but the positive is that the brooklyn buzz is going to have a lot of great content coming for you guys soon yeah i mean that's the real positive the nets always give us something to talk about jack i guess any final thoughts before we get out of here i got a a, a a tweet from Sreeka at Sreeky Shooter. I wouldn't even know how to react to the Suns having a press conference in a week with Kyrie Irving and the new Jewish owner next to each other. Just thought that was pretty funny. I thought I'd bring it here. Now, that's not me making the jokes, guys. That is Sreeka. So if you want to get in his mentions, don't blame me. But there's plenty more to play out, Nick. Kyrie Irving's missed 185 games for the for the Nets over his four years. So he's probably played games as as played as many as he's missed. 
Sean Marks has uh, a lot to sort of look in the mirror for. Kyrie Irving has lots to look in the mirror for. Joe Sy does. And we as fans are the victims of it all. It's always fun. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to end it, Jack. As always, a pleasure, even when it's talking about this type of stuff. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com